Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific time. After Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero, thank you for coming over to the Secret Teachings from Ground Zero. We have a very fun and a very informative show for you tonight. 
the Tucson Lights. You might have heard of the Phoenix Lights a couple decades ago. Well, just recently here in Tucson, we've had a series of lights in the sky. They don't mimic so much the Phoenix Lights as they mimic a series of UFO sightings back in 2010 in China. So we're going to talk about that and more, including a series of phantom UFOs over Ukraine. Might have to do with war, might have to do with something else, but that is the subject tonight. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Our website's pretty simple. It just has our promotional pictures for each week. It also has links to purchase my books. My new book, Liberty Shrugged, is available on the website. It's a massive book, and it's filled with things that you may have never heard before and things that you can certainly take a lot of time learning about, as I did writing the book. That's Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info. Otherwise, if you want to hear the show, we've been on air over a decade, five nights a week. We have so many shows in our archive most of the recent archive, three, four years, is available for free on any radio or podcast player. People keep messaging me, telling me, hey, mention this player, mention this player. Whatever player you listen to the show on, as long as it works for you, I only mention Apple Podcasts and a few others because they're the biggest, and that's where the reviews are, so please leave us a review. There are monetized ads in those free shows, so if you want the ad-free show, just subscribe to our archive. Very simple, very straightforward, just through PayPal on our website, the link. And you can get access to the ad-free show. You'll also get access to the montages. You'll also get access to all of my books. So you'll get the digital books for the cost of the yearly subscription, $50. It is, a, I think, a great deal for everything I'm providing you. And hopefully you will take advantage of that and support the show. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Lastly, social media, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Now, I don't have anybody who works with me or for me. I work alongside of Ground Zero and everybody at Ground Zero. They allow me to do my show here. However, I don't have a team. So if you're looking for an email, if you're looking for a Facebook response, I cannot be on Facebook, on my email, on Twitter, and on all, the, all these other platforms 24 hours a day because I do do stuff, sometimes radio-related, but I do do stuff outside of the secret teachings. So if you're looking for a response, maybe you have my phone number. It takes me a long time to get back to people. I have, the last time I looked, like 700 emails. I've got, I think, 195, not, not, almost 200 uh, text messages and close to 300 phone calls I've missed. So I have, I have a lot going on, and I'd appreciate it if you exercise a little bit of patience getting back to me. I, you know, I don't really have to talk to anybody, but I would like to uh, stay in touch with as many people as possible. Again, rdgable at yahoo.com if you want to reach out. So this was last week, uh, September 7th, and I was home right here in Tucson, Arizona, and I was uh, probably, uh, this was early in the morning, so I think this was around 5, 5.20 a.m., the first object was seen over the city of Tucson. Haven't heard any news about this. The only reports I can find are very local stations. You might find a UFO reporting center, or you might find a UFO blog or something like that that mentions it in passing, because these types of sightings happen all over the 
country, all over the world, all the time. And every time they happen, they're not a national news story. So this is from KOLD, Channel 13 News here in Tucson, 5.20 a.m. I might have been up at that time. Sometimes I get up really early or I'm just kind of half asleep, half awake. I get up. I like to do my work early in the day. But I, I did not go outside this morning, so I did not see this object. Again, September 7th, Wednesday morning, about 5.20 a.m., strange lights spotted in the early morning sky. Have you ever seen a desert sunset? It's beautiful, a desert sunrise. It's beautiful. But when you look up in the sky and you see something like this, I don't personally think aliens. I think, well, it's probably Raytheon. It's probably Motham Davis Air Force Base. We have military. We have defense contractors. We have aerospace industry literally right down the road. I mean, it's like right next to the Tucson International Airport. We're talking maybe, I mean, it's a pretty long drive because of traffic and the way the roads are here, but it's only maybe 10 miles from where I am. So we're really close to all of this. And we, we see things in the sky a lot, but they're not alien spacecraft. We see the, the warthogs, they fly over the city. We see a lot of fighter jets. I've not seen any F-35s. I've only seen those out in Nevada. Uh, I, I think they were flying. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big jet guy. I don't know much about military craft, but probably some kind of uh, F-16, F-18. I don't know what they fly anymore, but I've, I've seen a lot of the warthogs. They fly those over the city. When I lived here in Tucson before, I saw a Delta Wing craft that flew very low over the city. I was actually walking out of my my uh, my little duplex when I lived here before, and I heard a rumbling. I looked up, and this Delta Wing craft flew over really low over the city. And I looked it up, and apparently there was some kind of, never did confirm this, there was some kind of like Israeli, U.S., and there was another country involved military exercise. So I think it was an Israeli jet if they have if they use Delta Wing. So they were doing some kind of exercise out here. And that's what you get when you live next to a military base or close to a military base. You get these types of things a lot. You see these types of things in the sky. They're not alien spacecraft. But what was seen in the sky Wednesday at 5.20 a.m., Probably wasn't a warthog, probably wasn't a fighter jet, wasn't a delta wing, wasn't anything that we typically see. Certainly wasn't the common thing. The common thing we see, I actually see more of these than commercial jets, uh, commercial planes. I see the, the big, I'm not sure if they're C-130s, but big cargo planes, like massive cargo planes that just look like they're hovering in the sky. And then they sort of drop down low and you can see them basically land at the airport because everything here is so flat. You can see them right, right before they touch down on the ground. It looks like they're going to crash into a building or something. So we see those all the time, but we don't see lights like this a lot. And if you watch the video, I have a link to this video on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. It's under the show promo. And it reminds me of something that I saw in China back in 2010, which I talked about at the time. I was just starting out in radio. So basically what you see here is you see that beautiful Arizona sunrise starting to happen and you see the mountains. I'm not sure what angle this is from. So I, I don't think that's Mount Lemon. That's the main mountain around here that, that, that I know. And uh, you see the city lights below just painting a picture for you. If you haven't watched the video, 
So you see the city lights, you see the mountains, and then you start to see the little yellow and red, and, and then the sky gets blue and then dark. It's beautiful. It's like a painting. And then right in the center of the screen, you see this object making its way across, like literally the middle of the screen, making its way across the frame. Now, the first object, about 5, 5.20 a.m., somewhere around there, was seen in the University of Arizona, Hyde, uh, I think it's the Hydrology and Atmospheric Sciences webcam. So they have this webcam set up. I think you can go to certain websites online and you can find a lot of cities have webcams that you can watch like downtown or you can watch um, you can watch like certain parts of the city. So this is kind of like that, but it's it, they're, they're just watching the the atmosphere, I guess. It's the University of Arizona Hydrology and Atmospheric Sciences webcam. And then you see this object, and I'm watching it now. It's about a minute, 17 seconds long. Make its way across the sky, slow but sure. And I think they said it was going westward, roughly westward or northwest. So this must be uh, directly from the university facing east. So maybe that is Mount Lemmon. I can't really tell. So there's the object. If you haven't seen the object... Maybe you remember the 2000 and it was like 2010 Chinese UFOs at the uh, well, they were over different parts of China, but uh, particularly over uh, airports. They had to close down some of the airports. This was back in the summer of 2010. Uh, unidentified flying object forced the Xiaoshan airport to cease operations. And you look at these objects and they in my opinion, this is, a, this is the first thing I thought of. They look kind of similar. And when I zoomed in on the object in, uh, in Tucson, because I didn't see it firsthand, I, it flew right over top of me. I was in bed uh, or just getting up. And I zoomed in on this thing, and I, have, um, I actually have images that I took of the, of the close-up, and they're also posted under our show promo. And... I mean, maybe I won't even tell you. You can just look at the two images. Look at the one that I took from Tucson and then the one that was taken in China. And in, in my opinion, maybe it's just my imagination. I, I, I also showed uh, Hope, my fiance. She's one thing she's not really a huge you know, fan of, if you will, is UFOs. But she said, yeah, they actually do look really similar. Now, I'm, I'm bringing this up, the similarity between these two UFO sightings because not only do they look the same, but it's because of what this Tucson sighting is supposed to be. Um, we, back in 2010, we didn't have all of Elon Musk's space gear in the sky. And some reports are saying that this was uh, Starlink satellites. Uh, there are also um, reports that this might have just been a regular old satellite. Maybe it was. But again, when you look at the 2010 UFOs in China, uh, they're, some of them don't really look like they're satellites. Some of them look like, and there were different sightings of different objects, some of them look like they are being projected from the ground. Now, again, the one in Tucson doesn't look like that. But if you go to like, um, like NBC News, for example, type this in NBC News. This is the article. UFO tales just keep going and going. October 7th, 2010. And you'll find UFO reports from China. And 
very few reports actually uh, detailing what this is. A lot of tabloid stuff, but this is NBC News. And the object looks, this is in October, Looks the report uh, looks really similar, really similar. Comes from the China Daily to what we just saw here over Tucson. So that makes me think that whatever this object is, it's very similar to what was in China. Now that probably is not Starlink because Starlink was not active in 2010. So we're trying to conclude here, trying to reduce the amount of you know options and possibilities and speculation on what this is. Could it be a satellite? Yeah, it could absolutely be a satellite, especially depending on how many frames this camera is shooting at. It, it could be a singular object making a streak, but then we'd have to analyze the lights below or things moving below in the same way. Is this like there's a lot of factors that go into this and I'm not a videographer. I don't study videos. I, you know, there are so many different levels of expertise here. We could have 10 different people on the show and they could give you 10 different opinions, 10 different points of view. Um, right down the street from me is Nick Pope. Nick Pope literally lives like less than a mile from where I live. He lives just down the road from me. And, um, I've never had him on the show before. Some people have an issue with Nick Pope. I've met him. I find him to be a genuine, kind guy. Um, as for his background, I've never got a chance to interview him, so I don't know. But he lives right down the street. He was contacted by the media, local media, and uh, he said that he believed that this was a satellite. And so he, he believes this was a satellite. He didn't say it was an alien spaceship. Uh Meteorologist Arden Gregory was also quoted in the article from Fox. I'm guessing it was like a Fox news station, or maybe it wasn't a Fox station. It was a I see 13, I think Fox 13, because um, that was the station when I grew up. Uh, KOLD News 13. So I don't, I don't think it's Fox. It would say Fox. KOLD Channel 13, and they have a quote here from this meteorologist, and he said it's likely a SpaceX Starlink satellite. And uh, he said, a neat sight for sure, but nothing to be worried about. Okay, I, I don't know. That doesn't really help us out here. Uh, don't think it's a Starlink satellite because it looks exactly like what we saw in China in 2010. I think we can rule out Starlink. Another satellite, perhaps. But if that's a satellite, folks, that is a very, very low flying satellite. I mean, it looks like it's flying directly over the city of Tucson. That's not a fighter jet. It's not a cargo plane. If it is a satellite, maybe it's just the, the angle, the visual, the frames of the camera and all that that makes it look like it's closer than it really is. I don't know. Let's listen to the news report and let's see what they say. This is, again, Channel 13. And you know what? I can see it. They Usually they put this little logo at the top. This is um, CBS not Fox. This is CBS. So they, they just the tiniest little logo there. KOLD, CBS, Channel 13. Here's the report. See what you can make of this report. 
Is it a plane, a satellite, or is it something extraterrestrial? Southern Arizonans baffled by strange lights moving across the early morning sky and viewers across the region sending in photos and videos today. Good evening, I'm Dan Maris. What makes this strange event even more unique is the University of Arizona's webcam captured not one, but two mysterious objects in the same video. Our own. We'll talk about the second one here in just a moment. Hannah Tita has been looking into the reports and joins us in studio. And Hannah, a UFO expert, is now weighing in on tonight. Yeah, that's right, Dan. Strange sightings are not alien to Arizonans. In fact, State 48 is a hot spot for UFOs, ranking in the top six states at the National UFO Reporting Center. Some are seeking a rational explanation. Others are sticking to their beliefs of otherworldly activity. I'm going to pause this for a second. I don't understand why aliens can't be a rational explanation. We're looking for a scientific, rational explanation. Why can't aliens be a scientific, rational explanation? If you're already, before you even investigate it, ruling out a conclusion, I mean, I don't think it's an alien spaceship, but I'm looking at it, and I'm comparing it to other photos and videos, and it looks similar to things I've seen before, but I didn't rule it out immediately. And that's a huge problem we have with scientific communities, with news, and with general conversations about these kinds of things. A rational explanation. Others are sticking to their beliefs of otherworldly activity. Here's what a former government UFO investigator has to say. The stupid music they play. Just after 5 a.m., a streak over Green Valley, a long string of glittering lights over southwest Tucson, and this video by the University of Arizona. Now, this, this long streak of lights, that might have been Starlink, okay? That probably was Starlink. It looked very similar to the Phoenix lights, but that probably was Starlink. This object that flies over the city is not Starlink, and they don't have an explanation for it. So there's multiple different sightings, and that's important because usually we get one explanation, and then you mention, well, the light's seen over Tucson, and then it becomes the explanation for all of it, which is usually predetermined, pre-concluded, and we're not allowed to ask any questions or, or we're nuts. A bright object is captured flying at a seemingly consistent altitude. Right after it passes out of sight, another object appears to fall from the sky on the far left side of the frame. So I'm quite disappointed. Had I been at home, I might have seen this. We've sat down with Nick Pope before. I worked for the British government for 21 years at the Ministry of Defense. The retired UFO investigator now lives in Tucson. He says the UK and US governments have a similar process of elimination. Uh, first of all, you would interview the witnesses. Now, I now I'm not going to bore you with this part. Investigators just typically reach out to the military explaining the process to see if a training exercise could be behind the sightings. They also check radars looking for critical evidence. The object moving at a fairly constant uh, level and speed. It does say to me that it's likely to be a satellite. Astronomers and meteorologists report the first object is likely a SpaceX Starlink satellite. The second object is Personally, I don't think that's a Starlink satellite. The string of lights, the little dots, that's probably Starlink. This thing flying otherwise is, I don't think, Starlink. It's rather more interesting the way it appears to be falling to Earth. Again, with my skeptical hat on, I would say it's likely perhaps to be a fireball meteorite. 
Pope wishes aliens were behind. And then I can't listen to the rest of these stupid news broadcasts. It's just so stupid. Look at this stupid video they play. It looks like something. Looks like something David Wilcock would show you as proof of aliens. So, so ridiculous. But anyway, that's the news report. And obviously people still think that UFOs are funny and silly and they think their audience is stupid. And I mean, I think people are intelligent. Uh, I think people are aware and conscious enough to entertain otherworldly ideas. But when you write off a sighting as being irrational for certain explanations, that's the opposite of science. It's the opposite of rationale. It's the opposite of reasoning. It's actually just ignorance. And it's the arrogance that you have no answer, but you definitely know it's not that thing because you don't believe in that thing. That's just, it's just, that really irritates me. That's so ridiculous. So anyway, there's, you see these different lights, you see a string of lights, you see this object moving over the desert. There's different lights that, that were filmed and sent into news stations. Uh, the one that got a lot of the publicity goes over the city. They said, maybe that's a satellite. The ones with the string of the string of dots, that looks more like satellites. So the question is, what are these things? I'm not ruling out aliens, but I don't think it's an alien spaceship. And that's part of the problem with ufology. Everything becomes alien. You have to take a step back, define what UFO means, now UAP. And I started, you know, I started to look at these videos and I, I was looking into see if there was anything else UFO related. And um, I noticed two things. There was an article, and I actually printed this, to talk about on the show tonight, it was some vice and I, I don't like vice, but I printed this from vice because they had a link to a study out of Ukraine on what they called, well, they called them UAPs, but they had two different names for them, cosmics and phantoms. And this is Ukraine's astronomers, their main astronomy uh, hub there in the country of Ukraine. And this was published by Kiev's main astronomical observatory they're saying that a lot of these objects they're seeing there are not, they don't think that they're military related, but even for this Ukrainian story, they used pictures of the Tic Tacs. And it's like the Tic Tac has become the only thing that people can wrap their heads around because there's official government acknowledgement. So everything's the Tic Tac. Now it gives like, I guess, credibility or because everybody's seen it, it, it draws people in. And honestly, as someone who has researched UFOs and UAPs, whatever you want to call them, and has done this for a very long time, this is just still amateur hour as far as I'm concerned. We don't have any more answers. We just have more mythology. And that doesn't help us get to get to a conclusion. When we come back, we're going to talk about this report from Ukraine, more about the Tucson Lights. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Friday night, September 16th, 2022. More after this. Stay with us. listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, 
from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Tucson Lights here in Tucson, Arizona, last Wednesday, September 7th, about 5.20 a.m., a webcam from the university here in the city picked up an object that was slowly but steadily making its way across the city of Tucson, moving west-northwest, Mainstream media, local news, their explanation based on interviewing people like Nick Pope, who also lives here in Tucson, right down the road from me, and meteorologists are that it was a satellite. They say it was a maybe a Starlink satellite. They don't know. They're just guessing. They're not sure. And that's okay. We don't know. We're not sure what it is. It's okay to guess. Take the best guess. Make the best guess. Make a... Uh, the best guess, uh, the best assumption based on the information. But when I played the local news report from Channel 13 KOLD CBS, they said that they're looking for a rational explanation, though. And when you look for a rational explanation, it's not so rational when you write off 
even things that it probably is not. It's probably not an alien spaceship, but to write that off before you even investigate it, it's really the height of both arrogance and ignorance. And I don't know if they do that because that's how they feel or it's kind of like uh, tongue-in-cheek laughing at the, the situation. You know, people that believe this stuff are crazy. But then when you look up these lights in Tucson or you look up, I saw a huge... Uh, I mean, I think it's a huge story out of Ukraine, a report from an observatory in Ukraine about UFOs has now been published. And that report, minus the military activity, is finding that there are what they call cosmics or phantoms. This is how they classify them all over the country. Now, a lot of it probably is military, but In that case, it might actually be otherworldly because there is a long history of these types of objects being seen in war zones. But once again, that is written off by the picture used for the article for Vice, and maybe they've changed it by the time you listen to this show. But when I looked up this story, Ukraine's astronomers observe and say that there are tons of UFOs over Kiev. Uh, they were using an image of the Tic Tacs. I don't know if as proof or just as a, I mean, people see that and think, well, that's that's what's over Ukraine when that's not what's over Ukraine. And this is the problem with uh, headlines and headline readers and the problem with uh, using pictures from other things. And, you know, it's just, it, you see this all the time in war. You see this all the time with UFOs. You see this all the time with everything, just photos that don't relate or you know, wildfires, but it's a fire from like 15 years ago. And it really distorts our perception of reality. And, and, and all of this is really hard to, to dissect, especially if you're listening just to a radio show and I can't show you what I'm talking about exactly. You sort of have to know some of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning. So what we had here in Tucson last Wednesday, right above my head, we had looks like a, a series of videos, different lights over the city. I'm calling them the Tucson lights, just like the Phoenix lights. And these lights, one, one set of lights looked similar to the Phoenix lights because they were like a string of, you know, back then they called them flares. Well, obviously it wasn't uh, a series of flares over the city of, of Phoenix. And uh, they actually tracked that object over several states. If you remember the Phoenix lights, that was not uh, an isolated thing. They tracked that over several states back in early March of 1997. And, um, you know, there there was something similar in, in Tucson here just last week, but I'm, I'm pretty sure those were just Starlink satellites. And then there's another object that moves over the city. And then there's another object which falls to the right, which would be to the south of where the other object is moving toward. And that object just sort of falls out of the sky. Could have been a meteor. Could have been a lot of things. But we have, I'm guessing, we have these uh, webcams like at the University of Arizona, the Hydrology and Atmospheric Sciences Department. And they have had this webcam trained on the city for I don't know how long. I mean, I've, I've watched some of the webcams before here in Tucson. I did before I even moved here. So they've had them here for a long time. If these were satellites, you would also think they would be seen more often. I mean, satellites are, especially this object here, the first major object, um, very low, very visible, 
usually you would see something like this in the distance way above you, not kind of flying over the city like uh, like an airplane about that just took off or it's about to land. And you would, I would assume, you would assume that uh, you would see these kinds of things all the time if these satellites were sticking in, you know, their 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 orbit in the path that they usually they they usually take, unless they're maybe knocked out of their path or. But they have systems that supposedly, you know, prevent that. So, you know, I guess the other thing is, for a lot of people, satellites don't even exist, so it's not a satellite. I wonder what flat earth people think about UFOs. Are they, do do they not exist or there's just so much confusion about everything. So much confusion. But the thing that I, I recognized about this object that was flying over the city of Tucson is that it looks really, really similar. Like I'm talking, in my opinion, it looks freaking identical, freaking identical to what happened in China in 2010. And when you look back into China in 2010, NBC News and others reported on these. There were several UFO sightings. They shut down airports in China as a result of this. And you see this really strange streak of light. I'm going to try to see if I can explain this um, auditorily to you. So it looks like you took two streaks of light and put them next to each other, one on top, one on the bottom, one on top is a little bit longer. And then it looks like you took another streak of light, which is red. So the other ones are white, yellow. The other streak of light is red. And then at different segments along that red streak of light, there's yellow dots. And you put that on top of the other streaks, slightly smaller so the white yellow streaks are more in front and the red streak is more in back. That's, that's 100% the best I can explain it to you. That's what it looks like. And that's over China. That's from the China Daily, this photograph in 2010. And when you zoom in on the UFO here over Tucson, one of the Tucson lights from this past week, it looks really, really similar. And that tells us, I think, that it's definitely not, at least this object is not Starlink. Starlink wasn't around in 2010. It might be another satellite, but what was in China was definitely not a satellite. And if it's very similar to to the one in Tucson, it's probably also not a satellite in Tucson either. What it is, I don't know. We see planes, we see fighter jets, warthogs, cargo planes, helicopters. We We see things flying over the city all the time. When the military doesn't have an explanation, you know, Motham Davis doesn't have an explanation or, I mean, we do have Raytheon here too. We don't know what is being tested unofficially off radar. I mean, I don't think that they're testing something at 520 in the morning. People are getting up to go to work, so it's probably not military. I'm just trying to break down the 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 potential uh, uh, explanations for this to get to a, to a more logical answer. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm obviously not ruling things out before we even begin the investigation, like this local CBS Channel 13 news report tried to do. You look at this thing, just like when you look at the Phoenix Lights or when you look at the UFO sightings in Ukraine. We have a big report here: unidentified aerial phenomena. One observations of events. This was published. Just a few weeks ago in Ukraine, hasn't gotten much attention. Vice did a story on it. 
but I've got a copy of the actual study itself here because I don't want to listen to what Vice says. I want to read the actual study. And I can actually send you a copy of this if you want to read it yourself. In Ukraine, the astronomers there are observing two different kinds of UFOs that one is more like the things that we're seeing here in Tucson. They're more like, they call them cosmic, so they're, they're lit up. And then the other thing they're seeing is something called phantoms, which are very black, dark, seem to absorb light, but you can still see them. So that's what they're observing in Ukraine. We're going to get to that. But before we do, I have to ask this question. Under the circumstances of what we saw in Tucson, again, it's probably not a Starlink, and there's different things that we're seeing, but the main one that you see on the news report, probably not Starlink, looking so similar to the 2010 Chinese UFO series of UFOs, one in particular, I shared an image of both under our show promo tonight on Facebook so you can see them, or you can just type in both cases and you'll be able to find them. They look, in my opinion, they look so similar. Uh, And if you don't see the similarity, maybe you're looking at the wrong picture. They don't look like satellites at all. Um, It's a single streak of light with another single streak of light and then a red streak of light. Doesn't look like a satellite. Probably isn't military considering that they shut the airports in China down. They didn't shut any airports down here in Tucson. They didn't shut the the main airport down, the the Tucson uh, International. So they didn't shut that down. And so, so there's like inconsistencies in that if this was really something of a threat. I mean, if it was just a satellite, yeah, they're probably, and it moves so fast, they probably didn't, you know, it, it wasn't a threat. Maybe it didn't even pop up on radar. So we just get, we get such little information about, about these things. So we have to really use our thinking skills to try to understand what this stuff is. However, I will say that I have a different theory. I don't really think that it was a satellite and I don't really think that it was Starlink in particular. And I don't think that it was aliens. Maybe the Phoenix lights, those were tracked over several States and this object is much smaller. It looks again like those Chinese UFOs back in 2010. I think that it might've been something more worldly, not military, not defense contractor, not a satellite. I did one show on what I'm about to tell you a couple of months ago when I saw the movie Nope. I don't know if you saw the movie Nope. The movie Nope took the idea of a UFO and sort of, I, I don't know if I'd say revolutionary, but kind of, kind of groundbreaking for a, a UFO movie that's so mainstream. Uh, in fact, Nope reminded me a little bit of the movie Arrival because the movie Arrival seemed much more realistic, much more rational. You have the septopods, which likely are going to be the, the types of aliens that, that, that we interact with. It seems like most, I mean, they've just defined octopus as sentient now. Uh, these things are wholly alien based on our definitions of life and how we see life. So they have the, the, the septopods. I think they were called septopods. Um, and they communicated with these ink blots and, and language was important. And so that, that was such a, such a good movie. And then you have Nope, which wasn't as good as Arrival, in my opinion. I thought Arrival was much better, but it was an interesting concept because if you haven't seen it yet, this might be a big spoiler, but it's been out long enough. You should have seen it by now if you were going to. 
the UFO is not so much an unidentified flying object defined as nuts and bolts. It's more like a living creature. It's a living thing. And I think that might be what a lot of these UFO sightings are, especially, especially when you consider that sometimes on uh, webcams, uh, on handy cams, on cell phones, you see things fly in front of the camera or you get them in a picture and they're insects. They're like tiny insects, singular insects. If it's flying close to your camera, it's going to look bigger. And depending on the, I guess, depending on the light and the angle and, and the depth and all that of the shot, it might look like it's far away. It might look like it's close up. Uh, I remember, and just as an example of that, I remember driving, um, when I took my cross-country road trip last year, I had gone to Portland, and I only I wanted to stop there for two reasons. One, Hope had never seen Portland, and she almost went to school there. Uh, she had never seen Portland. Obviously, Portland's still a dump. And uh, Clyde invited me on the show, so we went up there. I think we talked about Algol on that show. It was around that time. But we had to drive to Boise, though, that night after the show. So we drove overnight to Boise as like a six-hour drive. And we were driving out of, of Portland. Um, you know, you've got the big mountains there. And there are a lot of, if you ever drove out of Portland and, and toward Idaho, I forget the name of the road there, but, you know, it's like anywhere else in the country. But I just remember this one, this place in particular, there are all these mountains and there were some houses and some little facilities on the mountains. And it's, it was so dark. There weren't a lot of streetlights. You know, it looked, if you just looked out the window, it looked like there were spaceships just hovering over you because there were, you couldn't really see anything, but you could see the lights on the mountain kind of looked like, you know, a spaceship or something. One of them had like these red lights in a circle. So it kind of looked like a spaceship or something like that from a movie. And that's kind of what we see with, with like when we have insects in, in our, the frames of our cameras. We, we, we don't really, we don't have enough light. We don't have enough uh, information about what it is. So we say, oh, that's a UFO. That's an alien, whatever. But it's really just an insect. However, insects can also swarm together, right? Uh, This idea was proposed back in uh, the 1970s. The Utah UFO Display, a biologist's report published by Frank B. Salisbury, a plant physiologist and director of the Plant Science Department at the University of the State University of Utah. Four years later, in 1978, researchers from the USDA published a report called Insects as unidentified flying objects. Now, I want you to, I want to pause here. I want you to take a moment to, if you want to write this down, uh, Frank B. Salisbury, S-A-L-I-S-B-U-R-Y. He's a plant physiologist, worked at the Plant Science Department of the State University of Utah, and he published the Utah UFO Display, a biologist report, 1974, And then four years later, USDA researchers published a report. Here's the name of it. Insects as unidentified flying objects. I have a paper copy of that report here. I think I can probably find the PDF for you again, but most of you are skilled enough researchers. You can go and probably find it yourself pretty quick. And in that report, Philip S. Callahan and R.W. Mankin a laboratory technologist from the University of Florida, conducted an experiment on five species of insects with a large electric field. Here's what the experiment found. 
quote, each of the insects stimulated in this manner emitted visible glows of various colors and black light, end quote. They then postulated that the 1965 through 1968 UFO display in Utah was a result of nocturnal insects that had infested the area. This this whole idea even became part of the basis for an episode of The X-Files, Season 3, Episode 12, where Mulder goes, I think it's the episode Mulder's on vacation, and he's going out to research, like he heard about these cockroaches, and he finds uh, that doctor named Bambi, um, who Scully's really jealous of, at that USDA research house. I think she was working for the USDA. They're like a research house infested with bugs. And she shows him, she explains the basis for this paper. And then she, and again, that's fictional, but it's also based on something very real. And then she shows him the, uh, I think it was a cockroach and she applies the electrical field and it glows. And it's very similar to what we would call a UFO. So what this tells us is that the classic story of a glowing, hovering, humming mm, craft over, let's say, a house or a car is nothing more, if this is what it is in these cases, nothing more than brush discharge. And the, the insect hum is possibly part of the well the like the electrical field so electricity you can f- hear the humming and that's also related to crop circles or crop formations i call them and you've seen videos like i have probably if you haven't try to find them if you can trust anything you see online anymore uh, where you see these balls of glowing light that come down they work with each other and the crop is pressed down they don't break the stalks they continue to grow there's usually radiation expulsion cavities etc from the superheated water rapidly in the stalk and it bursts out at the weak point and you hear like an electrical humming or an electrical buzzing now we're not talking about a, a fly we're not talking about a single uh like a cicada <clears throat> excuse me a cicada we're not talking about any kind of uh you know a singular insect we're talking about like a swarm of insects so you have this brush discharge of, of insect um, uh, from the electrical field, and that emits a hum alongside of the buzzing. And as they hover over, I mean, they, they, they tend to be attracted to cars and, and houses, these lights. As people see these things, um, insects are attracted to lights, right? So they hover over lit sources, maybe a city, fly over a city. And their attention, um, or their their attention to the lights, their attraction to the the lights, and how many of them there are, how big the swarm is, could also cause radio disturbances, television signals, and electricity in general to flicker. So you've got the humming, you've got electrical discharges that can cause interference in radio and television signals. You've got the glowing, you've got the hovering. These are all classic UFO symptoms. This electric field can likewise make us feel woozy, can make us feel achy, or even pass out. It's long been known that electricity usage, 
like the sun before, caused influenza, right? So influenza is the influence of the stars. And influenza was originally thought to be caused, which it probably still is caused, what we call influenza by electricity usage. And now we're so, we're so uh, saturated in electricity, electronics, etc. We we're, just don't feel good all the time. But th- th- this is the idea. Glowing, hovering, humming craft attracted to lights, cities, cars, houses, etc. They hover. There's interference with radio and TV. And when a UFO drops off of radar or it just you know disappears, these insects may have literally flown under the radar or flown out of an electrical field which causes them to glow. So they literally just... <laughs> disappear the insects are still there but the 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 source of the glowing and the humming disappears the insects are still there but the ufo what we call a ufo sort of disappears so i think i'm not saying the one over tucson was but it's very possible especially in the early morning hours that what we saw here in tucson was and might have been an insect swarm I mean, there were multiple things that were seen. If you go outside any morning, you're probably going to find things like this. But when a lot of people see them at once and and or it becomes a thing to talk about and it becomes a trending thing on social media, people are going to start to see more and more things. But if you go out any morning, anywhere you live, you, you can see satellites passing over. If you can see the sky well enough, maybe you don't believe they're satellites. I don't really give a damn. Whatever you're seeing, though, there's something there. Right. There's something there. And those things that you're seeing could be satellites. They could be airplanes. They could be insect swarms. And I think that the insect swarm theory is a much more logical and, mind you, scientific explanation for what we're seeing in places here like Tucson. Um, You might not think there's a lot of insects here, but there's a lot of insects here in the desert. And especially when you don't see something like this that often. Now, the only thing I would say about this theory that might not stack up scientifically is that we don't get a lot of weather here in in Tucson, but there is a lot of dust, right? And I mean, it, they talked about it in the in the Dune movie, right? When you get these these big dust storms, it messes with the electronics, and it produces these these electrical discharges. I mean, the sky was clear last Wednesday, so it wasn't like there's a dust storm. But, you know, this is, I don't know, the technical scientific way to explain it to you. But that might be the only thing that inhibits this explanation. If there wasn't an electrical field that just happened to follow along this insect swarm as it passed over the city, then maybe it was something more man-made or something else that was natural. I don't know. What I'm trying to do is present you, provide you with a different explanation that isn't the standard nuts and bolts. They're aliens. They're UFOs. They're from Zeta Reticuli, Rectum, whatever. And also not dismissing them and saying, well, we're looking for a logical explanation here, folks. We're not looking for aliens. Well, how do you know they're not aliens then? If you ha- you've ruled it out before you've investigated, that's beyond arrogant, beyond ignorant. It's beyond unscientific. I'm interested in other points of view. And I think that the insect theory is a very logical and a very scientific way to potentially explain a large number 
of these UFO sightings. Again, from the hovering, from the humming, from the interference electrically, and from humans being around these things or in that field that's causing the glow on these insect swarms for humans to feel strange, woozy, achy, maybe maybe even pass out. And then the mythos is, you you know, you got abducted by aliens or something. It was just insects flying over. And then when they drop off radar, it's the it's basically just the, the light dissipating. So this is something that I, I hope that you'll think about insects as unidentified flying objects. Can't really talk about that enough. That is one of that has become one of my favorite fringe niche subjects, which isn't even so fringe because it was a I mean, it's the USDA. It's a federal study done back. Was it back in like the 19, uh, 19, late 1970, So just something that you should think about when we talk about these types of UFO sightings. But now you don't think or hear or talk or anything about any of this stuff. It's just everything's the Tic Tac now. They're even using the Tic Tac as a visual image of unidentified aerial phenomena in Ukraine. We're going to talk about this report out of Ukraine, astronomical observatories in Ukraine, astronomers saying that they have UFOs that are unrelated to war. Let's talk about that report when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. At GroundZero.Radio, the most reliable way to listen to the show Monday through Friday, or the Aftermath FM app, which is free to download. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. You'll find our archive there, you'll find my books there, and you'll find our promotional pictures for our Monday through Friday broadcast, www.thesecretteachings.info. Our archive is on the website for free, but those are the same monetized advertisements that you'll find in the archive on any radio or podcast player. So you'll have to subscribe to get access to the non-monetized show, get a private RSS feed, access to the montage archive, and access to my digital books. My book The Technological Elixir, which you can also buy separately, is a massive book, and I have a huge section toward the end of the book, which is all about not only UFO cults, but it's also about UFOs and ufology and UAPs. And It's not a full book itself, but it's a huge chunk of the technological elixir. So if you want a slightly different perspective on UFOs, Grab a copy of that book and you're going to get a lot more than just UFOs. It's the technological elixir only, 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 only available at www.thesecretteachings.info. My new book also, Liberty Shrugged, another massive book. It's a mixture of history and culture and sociology and some really interesting things that I didn't know. I learned while I wrote it and I think that you'll really enjoy it. That's the new book, Liberty Shrugged. It is available also on the same website. And only, 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 only on the same website. Do not buy it through any other source you see selling it. Just on the website. Just on the website. If you want to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Just please remember, I have literally hundreds of text messages, phone calls, and emails that I have been unable to go through. I don't have a team working for me here. Um, I know how overwhelmed um, other radio shows, radio hosts get just having people work for them and they still don't have time. I don't have any team, so I don't really have any time to do anything. I don't always have time to respond back to to uh, messages. And if you do message me and you send me a huge message, please don't expect me to respond to it. I'll read it. I might respond back in short. But um, try to keep them small unless you just want to share something with me and don't expect a response. R-D-G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. 
So what we have tonight are the Tucson lights last September 7th, last week, last Wednesday. We had these uh, lights appear over the city of Tucson, a series of lights that are not really explainable uh, by uh, meteorologists or even UFO, quote, experts. We had a series of lights that appeared over uh, different parts of the city. Some of them were spread out like little dots, very similar to the 1997 Phoenix lights, which were tracked over several states. Most people don't know that. They were tracked over several states. We have something similar to that in Tucson, likely just, you know, Elon Musk's satellites. But in 1997, they weren't Elon Musk's satellites. They were something else. They weren't military flares. We also had other lights. We had an object that fell from the sky. Could have been a meteor. We had another object which made its way across the city heading north, northwest. Perhaps that it would be maybe a flight path that something would take from the Air Force Base here, Motham Davis, or Raytheon. We don't know what Raytheon is working on. So you see this object come across the sky. But when we start to break it down, we recognize that, well, this was early morning, so it probably wasn't an Air Force plane or object. It probably wasn't Raytheon. Again, we don't even know what they do out here at Raytheon. I'm like 10 miles from the base, very close to it. I didn't see these lights. I was in bed just getting up at 5.20 a.m. last Wednesday. But a lot of other people saw them, social media, videos posted, of course. And local media tends to make fun of it. They tend to, you know, they want to rule out aliens, but they don't even know what it is, which is very ignorant. KOLD News 13 CBS, I played you the local report earlier on the show tonight. And we started to try to break down and figure out what this thing is. I think it looks very similar to Chinese UFOs that were seen in 2010. These white streaks of light with a red streak of light on top, the white on the bottom a little bit further out in the front than the red on the top. It's very similar looking to that. And in 2010, just like 1997, They didn't have these Starlink satellites. It's probably not a Starlink satellite. If it is an actual satellite, a regular old satellite, singular satellite, we don't know the frame rate of the camera. We don't know. I mean, it's a webcam that caught this from the University of Arizona Hydrology and Atmospheric Sciences. That was their webcam. So we don't know anything about the camera. And even if we did know something about the camera, it doesn't explain why this object looks like the ones in China in 2010. But they didn't shut the airport down in Tucson. So there's so many details. There's so much information that we could, we could obtain, if, even if that information is just, we know it's not this, we know it might, it might be this. I think that a better explanation for all of this is what was proposed back in the 1970s, 1974, by Frank B. Salisbury, a plant physiologist and director of the plant science department at the State University of Utah, he proposed that a lot of UFO sightings in places like Utah, the famous 1970s UFO display in Utah, were actually insect swarms, like big insect swarms. And in 1978, four years after he published his research, researchers federally for the USDA published a report 
called Insects as Unidentified Flying Objects. And in the report, Philip S. Callahan and R.W. Mankin, a guy from, uh, he was a laboratory technologist from the University of Florida, they conducted an experiment on five species of insects with a large electric field. And they found that each of the insects stimulated in the manner emitted visible glows of various colors of black lights. They then postulated that the 1965-1968, I say 1970s, it was late 1960s, early 1970s, uh, UFO display in Utah was a result of nocturnal insects that had infested the area. And what this tells us is that the classic story of glowing, hovering, humming craft over a house or a car is probably nothing more than the brush discharge of an insect swarm in an electric field, which emits a hum alongside of the insect buzzing. As they hover over the lit source of their attraction, the electric field may disturb radio and television signals and electricity in general. And the electric field can likewise, likewise make us feel kind of you know, like bleh, sick, we're, you know, woozy, achy. And um, for those of you who have never thought about that before, just think of influenza. Influenza is called influence of the stars. And the influence of the stars was the influence of the sun, which some have believed for hundreds of years is the main cause of disease. Space weather, solar discharges, electricity. Late 1800s, electricity widely introduced. We had a flu epidemic or a pandemic. Wherever it was introduced, it was, a, it was an epidemic. We had flu caused by electricity. So it's likely that UFO interactions can cause this because of the, I mean, even if it's not insects, it could just be the perhaps strange uh, electrical components of, of a nuts and bolts craft. And this is why people kind of get woozy and people kind of get sick. And then when the UFO drops off of radar or drops, maybe not so much radar because it's, if the objects are still if these insect swarms are still together, but they leave the electrical field that's causing them to radiate and glow. Visually, if they leave that field, the object disappears on radar. Perhaps the insect swarm breaks apart. I mean, these are very logical scientific explanations for what we call UFOs. Sometimes there isn't a logical explanation or at least logical in the way that we would define logical. Because to some people, logical means we get rid of anything we don't like and we'll just look at the potential of whatever it is we do like. So, for example, some of you might remember this back in March of this year. It was like a week and a half, something like that, after evil Putin invaded the godly country of Ukraine with all of its Nazis. A UFO unleashed a lightning attack on a Russian tank, and the headline is from the Daily Star, after Ukrainians pray to God. A group of Russian tanks were supposedly wiped out by a mystery UFO attack after the families of trapped Ukrainian soldiers prayed to God to offer their troops some help. According to a correspondent in the area, UFO swooped in to save Ukrainian troops from approaching Russian tanks in a miracle lightning attack. Even more bizarrely, the mystery strike from the sky was supposedly an act of God as the families of Ukrainian forces prayed for help. I always think of what George Carlin said. We pray to God to protect us and to destroy our enemies. Our enemies pray to God to protect them and destroy us. Somebody's going to be disappointed. Somebody's going to be... <laughs> somebody's going to be disappointed. Could it be everybody? CBS News Ukraine director 
and I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, probably embarrass myself, made the claim speaking on the channel's Global Lane program. CBS's Ukraine director explained that one of his countrymen rang his father in the dead of the night from the front line, terrified as Vladimir Putin's forces approached. The father then prayed for help with members of his church, helped which eventually came, according to the article, from out of this world. So that was a story back in early March 2022. Remember that? UFO, lightning. I mean, maybe, maybe it was coincidental and it was some kind of lightning, like ball lightning and then the discharge and it just happened to strike the tank. Maybe, I, I don't know, that there's a potentiality for coincidence. But I don't think that God is taking sides and supporting Ukraine. And I don't think that God is taking sides and supporting Russia because I'm sure there's people in Russia and there's people in Ukraine both praying to the same God. I don't think God is picking sides. I don't think it was God. However, UFOs, for lots of reasons, one, unidentified planes, especially back in the 40s when it wasn't common to see planes flying everywhere. It was a new, relatively new thing. Um, when you have um, new types of technologies, what was the name of that German fighter jet? Was it an ME262 or something like that? The one that was bargained with the U.S. for with all that enriched, I think it was enriched uranium during the end of the war. Um, I mean, the Germans invite, uh, invented the fighter jet and the new types of technologies, new types of things in the sky, you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of UFOs. So we go back to things like, you know, ghost rockets and Foo Fighters and things like that back in the 40s. Uh, the Battle of Los Angeles. Um, discs over Germany, Schweinfurt, Germany. One of my uh, one of my favorite uh, reports is that is out of Schweinfurt, Germany, these discs that were actually they made contact with a um, I believe it was a, 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 a U.S. military jet. And uh, nothing happened to the planes. They just literally flew right through this etheric object. Um, maybe it was an insect swarm. I don't really know. But that is a really fascinating story if you've never heard it. Uh, Schweinfurt, Germany, back in the 1940s. So you have a lot of things in the sky. Can't really identify them. And yes, that leads to a lot of speculation could be covert military, could be aliens. But we have stories of this type of thing happening going back a lot further than the 1940s. We have stories of divine intervention, uh, stories of uh, what we would call today UFOs that we can find all throughout the world for hundreds and hundreds of years going back into the ancient world. Uh, we can find things like boats or things like shields in the sky, things that well, we to, to us don't really make any sense, but to the people then it made a lot of sense because that's all that they knew. That's all that they understood. So that's how they described what they saw. So when we look at these kinds of things like UFOs and we look at them in regard to uh, places of conflict and war, there's a long history, especially if you've read The Gods of Eden by William Bramley, you have a long history of UFOs that are really, really interested in war. A long history of UFOs that are also really, really interested 
in things like nuclear missile silos, right? Nuclear weapons. Um, I mean, even Roswell and the, uh, the first group of men that were trained to carry a nuclear weapon that was right there at Roswell. So they're very interested in weapons of mass destruction. They're very interested, apparently, when I say they, that I'm talking about whatever these objects are, they are very interested in war. Maybe they're behind the war. Maybe they're just investigating the war. But nonetheless, you find these things really starting to make it into the mainstream psyche uh, in the early 19 to mid-1940s and then taking off after that in Hollywood. And then that kind of creates a lot of the mythos and, of course, UFO. And, you know, you go back to uh, the story of Kenneth Arnold and the, and the story of uh, Mari Island. Um, and, and these things were things that happened before Roswell. And then we have Roswell and then we have all the other classical UFO stories. So I'm only I'm only kind of recapping that uh, just so that we have a, a little bit of a basis before we go further into this Ukraine story. So here's what happened. We have the story of the UFO unleashing lightning on a Russian tank back in March. And I'm not sure if it was as a result of that directly but just in general, in times of war, when you have astronomers looking up into the sky, they're going to start to see things that aren't normally there. Rockets, missiles, planes, whatever. But these are trained astronomers. So when they start seeing things that, even though they're abnormal, like normally there aren't rockets or missiles or planes or helicopters flying over, astronomers should be able to figure out that, although these things are abnormal, now that we're in a state of war, state of occupation, a state of whatever, these things become normal. But then when they're finding other things that are abnormal, even for abnormal times, they don't know what to call them. So we refer to them as UFOs or UAPs. This is a report, August 23rd, 2022. I haven't heard this discussed on any radio show. I haven't seen it discussed anywhere. I just recently saw an article from, the, uh, from Vice on the 13th of September that mentioned it, and then I looked up the actual report and I printed out a copy. It's only eight pages. It's called Unidentified Aerial Phenomena 1, Observations of Events. And the paper is based on observations made at the NAS's main astronomical observatory in Kiev and a village south of Kiev called Venerivka. According to the paper's authors, Observatories took on the job of hunting for UFOs as an independent project because of the enthusiasm around the subject. So they're looking for UFOs similar because it is related in the article and in the report itself, similar to what NASA is doing. They even say NASA commissioned a research team to study UAPs, observations of events that cannot scientifically be identified as known natural phenomena. So the people in Kiev at the main astronomical observatory NAS of Ukraine, said, let us take a look at this. The main astronomical observatory of NAS of Ukraine conducts their own independent study of uh, the UAP. And here's what they say. For UAP observations, we used two meteor stations installed in Kiev and in the Venerovka village in the south of the Kiev region. Observations were performed with color video cameras in the daytime sky we have developed a special observation technique for detecting and evaluating UAP characteristics. This is directly from the study. According to our data, there are two types of UAPs, 
which we conventionally call cosmics, and phantoms. We note that cosmics are luminous objects brighter than the background of the sky. So what we saw here in Tucson, based on their classification system, I guess would be a cosmic. We call these ships names of birds, swift, falcon, eagle. The other object they call phantoms. Phantoms are dark objects with contrast from several to about 50%. We present a broad range of UAPs. We see them everywhere. We observe a significant number of objects whose nature is not clear. Flights of single group and squadrons of the ships were detected moving at speeds from 3 to 15 degrees per second. So I find that interesting. They're not just finding singular objects. They're calling them squadrons or groups of objects that they're not able to identify as Russian or they're not able to identify. I mean, they're clearly not their own. They're not Ukrainian uh, and they're not something related to war. I mean, maybe in some cases they are, but unless this is just uh, a playful game, unless this is just kind of like a a, a clickbait uh, uh, study from Ukraine's main astronomical observatory, which I don't think that it is, you have to think we have to give these astronomers some kind of credit. Uh, Ukraine's not a, 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 a faltering third world country where they don't have running water. So these astronomers aren't totally dumb. I mean, they have to know the difference between a, a group of Russian planes and objects that, I mean, I guess depending on, depending on what they are, they're cosmics or phantoms, they're lit up or they're really dark. Uh, they have to know the difference. And they're seeing flights or they're seeing, you know, uh, uh, of single uh, single objects or groups and squadrons of ships that are being detected. They say some bright objects exhibit regular brightness variability in the range of 10 to 20 hertz. Two side observations of UAPs at a base of 120 kilometers with two synchronized cameras allow the detection of a variable object at an altitude of 1170 uh, kilometers. It flashes for one hundredth of a second at an average of 20 hertz. And then they go on to describe the rest. It says phantoms are observed in the troposphere, troposphere at distances up to 10 to 12 kilometers. We estimate their size from 3 to 12 meters and speeds up to 15 kilometers per second. So this is the official study out of Ukraine. If you want to look at it, they have all the little scientific um, images and graphs and all that. Some of these pictures are pretty interesting, actually. If you look at them, I mean, they have graphs. So move past the graphs and just look at the objects themselves. They have the phantom object. I guess it kind of figure number seven, if you're if you're looking at the report, figure number seven does have a tic tac feel to it. Um, that's just because it's totally unidentified. It's just a blob. Um, and then there's other objects here. This looks like a group of them. Figure thirteen. Obviously, you can't see these. You have to look this up. Um, I've posted this article and the lights from Tucson under our show promo tonight. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. If you'd like, I can also send them to you. I'll put a little email and I can forward it to you with this report, with the 1970s insects as unidentified flying objects report, and uh, the, the picture comparison between the Chinese UFO 2010 there were several of them, but one in particular, and what we just saw over Tucson, they look very, very similar. Uh, and if you want to see the Ukraine lightning attack 
uh, UFO lightning attack on a Russian tank. Just look that up, search those terms, and you'll find it. Mostly tabloid stuff, but you'll find it uh, on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. So this is what we have here. We have things that are happening in the skies all the time. We have things that are happening in the skies in our own city. We don't even recognize it. When we start to pay attention to it, we start to see things that are natural, but because we don't look up in the sky a lot, they become unnatural, and we start to think that these are UFOs or military craft, and they could be a lot of different things. They're certainly unidentified, so they're certainly UFOs. But then when we look at places like Ukraine, it's in a state of war right now. So you have things happening that are unnatural, but they become natural because they become common. But when astronomers are seeing things that are unnatural, even for unnatural times, they call them cosmics or phantoms, then we're looking at things that, although they might be related to war, they might also be, let's call them for lack of a better term, otherworldly. We know that UFOs have a really long history of interest in not only weapons of mass destruction, but conflict, war. UFOs are very commonly seen during times of war. And not just because of the fear and the terror and perhaps the delusion and all sorts of other things associated with the, the, the mental state of soldiers and, 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 and militaries in general. Uh, you know, test craft, exotic planes, missiles, all kinds of things. But there are still things that are seen that don't have any human explanation. What they are, I don't know. But we do know that some of them might actually be insect swarms. And as strange as that sounds, you know, that could potentially explain if you get a large, large swarm of insects and they're flying through an electrical field and they have, they call it a brush discharge and they have this discharge of, 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 of light. And when they are shot at or when a missile um, is, is, is fired at them, as has been done in the past by, uh, by at least the U.S. military, um, the missile really doesn't hit anything. So it just kind of sputters off. And the object seems to disappear. Or, you know, in, in, in some cases, uh, you have objects that are being tracked. I mean, obviously, an insect swarm isn't flying faster than a fighter jet. I'm not saying they're all insect swarms, but the insect swarm can help to explain some of these more bizarre instances of unidentified flying objects that are attributed otherwise to, you know, just basically laughter because nobody wants to consider that there could be things that are from beyond our world, etc. So we're going to look at all of this in a little more detail when we come back from break out of Ukraine and this report from the USDA and a little bit more about the Tucson lights. We'll sort of recap and discuss a little bit more of the details in the final segment tonight. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Gable at yahoo.com. Please check out my books, Liberty Shrugged, The Technological Elixir and Occult Arcana, available today only at thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the archive on the website if you want to support us, get access to the show, montages, private RSS feed, and more. You also get digital copies of my books when you subscribe. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email 
dgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall out back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. If you go to the internet and type in UFO, one of the top searches right now, in fact, there's a bunch of them, will be UFOs over Kiev or UFOs over Ukraine. A lot of these articles came out today or came out last night, September 15th, Thursday. Today is the 16th Friday. We're hearing a lot of stories out of Ukraine about UFOs. Obviously, there's a conflict. There's military involvement, military conflict. So you're going to find things in the sky that aren't normally there. But when you look beyond the things that aren't normally there and you still find things that aren't normally there in times of war, to the best of your knowledge, especially if you're an astronomer, well, that gets people asking questions. Here's an article published just last night, more recent. Cosmic and phantom UFOs are all over Ukraine's skies, government report claims. 
See, here's the problem, though. That government report that they're referencing is not new. It came out back in mid-August. So they're about a month late to the party. Nevertheless, the article says the skies over Kiev are swarming with UFOs. Almost find that term ironic, considering that I think a lot of UFOs, as I've explained to you tonight, are actually insect swarms. According to a new report from the main astronomical main astronomical uh, observatory of the National Academy of Sciences in Ukraine. It's published to the preprint database. The report describes recent steps that Ukrainian astronomers have taken to monitor fast-moving, low-visibility objects in the daytime sky over Kiev and the surrounding villages. They use specially calibrated cameras, two different weather stations. I'm just telling you in this article what I already shared with you tonight. And they divided up the sightings into two different types of things. Um, They call them cosmics or phantoms. And they refer to cosmics as luminous objects, brighter than the background sky. And phantoms are completely black, as if they're absorbing all of the light around them, according to the researchers. By comparing the observations from the two Participating observatories, the researchers estimated that the phantom range, phantoms range from 10 to 40 feet wide, it's pretty big, and can travel at speeds of up to 33,000 miles an hour. Last time I checked, fighter jets weren't flying at 33,000 miles an hour. Last time I checked, if that kind of technology exists, uh, it's not being used in regional conflicts like Russia and Ukraine. I say for a comparison, an intercontinental ballistic missile can reach speeds up to 15,000 miles an hour. And we saw what happened with an intercontinental ballistic missile test, an ICBM, recently at Vandenberg Air Force Base. A UFO perhaps deactivated it. Well, they don't actually report that, but it's just kind of strange how at Vandenberg Air Force Base... That actually happened uh, a long, long time ago. We just had a repeating of it. Vandenberg Air Force Base, type in CNN, Vandenberg Air Force Base, ICBM. You'll find a story recently in the news basically repeating or mirroring a 1964 incident at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Story of Robert Jacobs and an object that approached the ICBM, the dummy warhead, Traveling at like eight, it was like 18,000, 15, 18,000, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere around there, 1,000 miles an hour, and the object just approached it like it was sitting still. It's truly unbelievable. These objects, though, have been tracked at 33,000 miles an hour. They're not fighter jets, they're not cargo planes. What are they? I don't know. They don't know. Nobody seems to know. But it also. When you have an object that flies that fast, whether they're 10 to 40 feet wide, whatever the, the, the estimate is, it tells you that whatever they are, they're really interested, really, really interested in the conflict taking place in Ukraine. And that should tell you something. And again, all over the news today, all over the news yesterday, although this study came out in August, 23rd of August, All over the news today, it's UFOs over Ukraine, UFOs over Kiev, UFOs, 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 UFOs. And it's really important to recognize that regardless of what they might be, 
we can certainly rule out what they probably are not because nothing on the battlefield is moving at 33,000 miles an hour. That's more than twice the speed of an ICBM. That's really fast. So we need to understand that there are things happening in Ukraine that are unrelated to human activity. Whether they're alien or not, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. And I know that 33,000 miles an hour, that's not an insect swarm. And that's why it's so mysterious. That's why it's so spooky. And that's why it, well, it reminds me of, you know, the classical Foo Fighters. And especially considering that a lot of people believe that what is happening in Ukraine with Russia, and I don't necessarily think that Russia's in the wrong fully, for the record, I think that it's a much more complicated problem than we've been led to believe. Of course, all the lies and all the fake stories and you know, Snake Island, the ghost of Kiev and all that just turned out to be totally fraudulent, totally fake, totally made up. They don't tell you about the Russians being slaughtered in eastern Ukraine, tell you about any of that. But that's really beside the point. A lot of people think that that conflict is the precursor to World War III, or if you don't want to call it World War III, they think it's a precursor to Armageddon. A lot of preachers, pastors, uh, rabbis, a lot of religious-minded people, especially, of course, people that follow the Bible and a lot of times, let's be honest, make up their own revelations, believe that this conflict is a sign of the end times, as we've thought every conflict is a sign of the end times. But in thinking that this conflict is a sign of the end times or a precursor or the introduction to World War III, it takes us back to World War II. In World War II, we saw the Foo Fighters and we saw the Ghost Rockets. And these things began in the 40s, but, and I find this to be something that has not, not really been discussed a lot, when you look at something like, for example, the differences, or I should say the similarities between something like a Foo Fighter and something like what we saw in Los Angeles back in the 40s, 1942, this object, which was moving up and down the coast of California, over land and back out to sea, there might have even been more than one object. This object was shelled for hours, and it seems as if it may have been struck, but it continued to move. So we would have to consider that perhaps this object is similar to what was seen for example, in Germany two years later, or more like a year and a half later. 1943, U.S. Air Force 348th Bomber Group, they saw a cluster of disks over Schweinfurt, and they flew through them, made contact, but nothing actually happened to the plane or the other craft. And I have a record of that in my book, The Technological Elixir, a scan of the actual record. It took forever to find it. But it shows you that Foo Fighters, which we usually attribute to the mid-1940s, were actually being seen not just in war zones, but in Los Angeles, in California, where they were expecting an attack from Japan. Of course, Japan actually did shell an oil refinery off the coast of California, just on the coast, I should say, of California. A couple hundred dollars, a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars of damage. It wasn't that severe. 
Uh, maybe because of that, and maybe the Japanese were planning a more direct attack on the West Coast. Maybe this object was there in the vicinity, in the area. We just don't know, but it's not just the mid-1940s. This was happening before, and these things, I'm sure, would go back thousands of years if we had planes, and we were observing the skies in the same ways that we observe them now. And I only bring that up because when we're looking at Ukraine and we're looking at Kiev and we're looking at these UFOs, we know that if something's going 33,000 miles an hour, they report more than twice the speed of an ICBM. That is not a Russian plane. It is not a Ukrainian plane. It's not a U.S. plane. It's not a NATO plane. It's not even a missile. It's an object that is unidentified. It's aerial and it's a phenomena. It's an unidentified flying object. We don't know what it is. So a couple of weeks ago, all these reports are coming out this week and yesterday and today. UFOs over Ukraine, UFOs over Kiev, UFOs, UFOs, UFOs. Well, the report itself came out in August, August 23rd this year. The main astronomical observatory of NAS of Ukraine conducted its own independent study of UAPs in league with the NASA commissioned research team and what the Pentagon is doing. And according to their data, they say there are two types of UAPs, cosmics and phantoms. Phantoms are very dark. Cosmics are very lit up, very light. They have some images of the objects in the actual study. Shows you what in some cases kind of looks like it could be uh, maybe something like a Tic Tac. I don't know whatever you want to call a Tic Tac, or it could just be a big black smudge on the screen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Can't really get much out of it, but you do see a contrast in light, and these are clearly things in the sky, and certainly they're not things that were, re- that were being reported before the war, but then again, where th- what was, I mean, we, this, this stuff is relatively recent, like the Pentagon and NASA opening up about these UFO UAP investigations. It's recent and it sort of aligns with the timeline of the war in Ukraine. So if NASA and the Pentagon are opening up about this, it is probably a parallel coincidence that Ukraine says, we're going to investigate this too. And it just so happens to be they're investigating it during a conflict, which likely could bring whatever these things are into your vision because they're interested in the conflict, watching it, participating in it, whatever it is. They're moving really fast. They're unidentified. We don't know what they are. They're not Russian. They're not Ukrainian. So we don't know what they are. Probably not Chinese either. Probably not uh, U.S., probably not NATO, probably not European. So we don't know what they are. We have no idea what they are. But we have to ask, are they seeing them in the skies for the first time ever? Are they only seeing them because of the war and they're looking into the sky and they're watching the planes and the bombs fall? Are they seeing them for the first time, even though they're always there, regardless if there's a war or not, only because since the U.S. is investigating these things, Ukraine said we'll also investigate them at the same time. And it just so happens to parallel with the conflict. All those questions, all those potential answers, those are all important because it might help us to understand what exactly we're, we're looking at here. On the surface, it's a long history of UFOs, UAPs interested not just recently in the Soviet Union and the UK and the US with nuclear weapons, but interested in conflict, in war in general. 
you know, lights that follow armies or uh, lights in the sky that are present during uh, uh, bombing uh, runs or I mean, it's it's so well documented that it's disturbing. We don't actually know more about it in both the UFO community and in the general public. It's so well documented. It's laughable. Anybody can laugh at these ideas and these 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 thoughts when they're documented by professionals in the military. We have a long history of this. And you go back thousands of years, you're going to find similar types of reports. You know, there's a shield in the sky floating. Well, it's a shield. That's what they knew. It wasn't a plane. That's a boat maybe in the sky floating. It could have been a, 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 a mirage or something to that effect, perhaps if it was an actual boat. But it, the idea is they're seeing things and they're identifying them with what they what they know and what they understand. So what they're seeing in Ukraine, I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. They're investigating them. They have been investigating them for months, but it also aligns with the U.S. and their open investigations. So it could just be a parallel coincidence that has nothing to do with the war. Although the war could amplify the sightings of these things, you would expect astronomers or even the mainstream media to crap all over this study You'd expect astronomers to know the difference between military craft or missiles, etc., natural phenomena and things that are totally unidentifiable, which again doesn't mean they're alien. You'd expect the astronomers to know that. You'd expect them to have some kind of idea of what they're, what they're looking at. Phantoms and cosmics. The researchers, I guess this report has not been... Um, not been peer-reviewed yet. So regardless of what you think of it, people are going to say, oh, it's not been peer-reviewed, so it's not true. Well, they, they photographed something, so I don't know, I'm moving to 33,000 miles an hour, but it hasn't been peer-reviewed. We haven't had another scientist tell us, yes, that's true. This is happening, if I type this in, let me see if I type this in again. UFO, let's type in UFO. I want to see what comes up because it's been all over the news today. Yeah, uh, one day ago, yesterday, five hours ago, uh, Jerusalem Post, AP, Yahoo, New York Post, Live Science. Are there UFOs, UAPs in the skies over Ukraine? Study says yes. But again, this all plays kind of into that whole. Here's another story here. Plays into that whole idea of a UFO must mean an alien spaceship. Here's a story. Um, in fact, a lot of these stories, there's another one. A lot of these stories are just using, they're literally using this is why I wanted to look it up. Most of these stories are using the Tic Tac images. Like this headline, Kiev Astronomical Observatory claims UFOs hovering over Ukrainian skies. Well, they didn't say they were hovering. They said that they were finding UFOs that were not identifiable, cosmics or phantoms. And then they use an image not from Ukraine. There's plenty of images of these things in Ukraine. I've got them right here but instead of these reports all over the place using those images they're using images of the tic tac because that's what people know and that's what people see and this is why we have such an issue with ufology this is why people laugh at ufo investigations and ufo investigators because it's a giant joke everything is some alien head everything is it's like the same green or gray alien head that's drawn by you know like a like just a, a really simple drawn alien head it's something really stupid like this, this, you know, a cartoon alien spaceship, like a UFO flying saucer. It's something stupid like using the same picture for every single report or it's some stupid graphic, uh, graphic computer generated image of a flying saucer. Just use the photographs that they actually took. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be more realistic? The only, the only one I saw using the, the actual photograph was the New York Post. Ukrainian astronomers claim UFOs everywhere over Kiev. They actually used a photograph and posted a lot of the photographs from the study itself. I mean, it's just like it's the simplest proof that you can't trust anything that you read or anything that you see. You got to go to the original source, go to the actual study itself. That's how you're going to find uh, closest thing you can to the quote unquote truth. Um, I also looked up here the Tucson uh, UFO sightings, Pima County, which is the county we're in, Pima County Public Library which confirms that Arizona is ranked in the top 10. I think we're number six for UFO sightings in North America. One of the top rated places to see a UFO, though, is Idaho. We did a show on the Idaho National Lab before and the high ratings of uh, high, high, the high sightings um, ratings of Idaho and different parts of southern and southeastern Idaho because they have uh, the Idaho National Laboratory and all those uh, nuclear uh, testing uh, 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 facilities out there. They tested nuclear uh, energy. They've tested uh, uh, very large non-nuclear explosions, almost as big as nuclear weapons before nuclear weapons were were being tested. They've, they wanted to build nuclear cars and nuclear planes out there. It's just a hotbed. They also took a lot of the uh, radioactive material from Hanford, from the Manhattan Project, took it out to Idaho. So they have a huge, huge, huge uh, sighting uh, report out there in Idaho. I think they've got, I think they're the, they're the number, Idaho is the number one for, for population in regard to sightings and population numbers. They have the highest uh, ranking per capita for UFO sightings in the state of Idaho. Uh, Arizona here is ranked number six. And we see these types of things all the time. Um, there's a long history of these recently. I'm going to read you some of the things from this is in the Pima County Library record for this for the city of Tucson. Pilot spot balloon UFO or something high in the sky near Tucson. Stargazers mystified by mesmerizing blue flashing UFO. 15 UFO sightings in Tucson. And these goes back. These even go back to 1997. Um, and I'm not sure if this is it says Pima County. So it, it shouldn't be. Phoenix. But it says, answers sought on 1997 reports of UFO in Arizona. Military says lights were flares dropped by planes. So that was in, 19, that was in March 1997. Um, and it said, again, it says Pima County, which is not, Maricopa is Phoenix. So it shouldn't have uh, been the Phoenix lights. But that, that would mean, I'm just reading these for the first time, that would mean that the Phoenix lights, uh, March 13th, 1997, were not the first, uh, were not one, they, were, they, were, they might have been the first, but they weren't the last because the very next day, March 14th of 19, this is 1997, this was published in 1999. It's kind of confusing. But yeah, 1997, there's 1997, they saw the same kinds of flares dropped by planes, they said, the military did, but the same kind of object in Tucson. Um, not sure if that is the same thing they tracked over other states they ended up seeing up in Phoenix. So we have a long history of this in Tucson. You have a long history of this where you live, probably. No matter where you live, you probably have a long history of this. You just don't think about it. You don't really consider it until it becomes something that, that the media talks about. And then you start to compare it with other things. I want you to look this up. Look up 2010 Chinese UFO. 
And you're going to see a couple of things. You're going to see an object from CNN. You're going to see, and I'm just giving you the mainstream sources, so this isn't just fake, made-up YouTube stuff. Uh, this is mainstream news acknowledging it. You're going to see CNN, which sort of looks like a rocket, sure. You're going to see ABC News, a UFO over a Chinese airport. It looks like blue light projecting an object into the sky. It looks like a holographic projection. You're going to see another object, NBC News, very similar to the blue light over the airport. You're going, it, look, it really looks like it's being projected. And you're going to see another one over, um, I'm guessing this is close to the airport because they shut down the airport because of this. And this object with these white lines at the bottom, this red line on top with a glow around it looks really, really similar to what we just had fly over Tucson last Wednesday. And this was from 12 years ago in China. So we know that it's not the Starlink. It's probably not a satellite, but it it, it very well could be at least what flew over Tucson. It could be a swarm of insects in the early morning flying through an electrical field. They get that. They call it a brush discharge. This was all studied back in the 1970s. Insects as unidentified flying objects. If you read that study, that report, it's really fascinating because they have images of the insects that glow and illuminate. They have descriptions from eyewitnesses of what they call UFOs, that the objects floated over their houses, that they settled over their vehicles because the insects are looking for light. So the insects, the humming, the buzzing is both electricity and the humming of the buzzing of the insect wings, the disturbances and electrical signals in the truck or in the car or in the house and people feeling woozy or achy or maybe even passing out. You know, these are things or signs of electrical illnesses. And then the UFO uh, drops out of uh, sight, maybe the electrical uh, field changes and the, the insects, they fly out of it and then they you can't see them anymore. It's a lot of explanations and those explanations are not always so silly like, well, it's, I mean, it's probably uh, just, a, it's just, a, just a satellite. It's probably not a UFO uh, alien spaceship. Who said it was an, a UFO alien spaceship? I don't know what that means, you know. So I'm looking at all this stuff and um, I thought we would conclude with something else tonight that relates to UFOs, kind of. And that is the idea that many of the global changes, we talk about the Great Reset, which they've now changed the name of to the Great Narrative. If you go to my Facebook page, I have a screenshot. They've changed the name of the Great Reset, the name of Klaus Schwab's book, to the Great Narrative. A lot of these great narratives or great resets, a lot of the things that are happening worldwide right now, if we go back to the early days of the so-called pandemic, Time Magazine published a story that suggested what we were and what we were about to experience in regard to the pandemic with lockdowns, masks, vaccines, etc. was sort of a beta test. A beta test for what it would be like if extraterrestrials or interdimensionals or whatever you want to call them, aliens, came to planet Earth visibly and the public was made aware that we are facing an extraterrestrial presence 
which may or may not be malicious, may or may not be benevolent. We don't know. That article suggested that the COVID-19 pandemic was perhaps a beta test for an alien either presence or alien invasion. And I read an article on Wednesday this week from the World Economic Forum, which read like something from the movie Captive State, which was a, a very politically driven UFO alien movie where aliens take over the world's governments and they still use, they use humans as pawns or as conduits to carry out their agenda and to control the population, but you don't really see the aliens. Uh, John Goodman's in that movie. And the World Economic Forum says this, Our world is transforming. Big community trends for sustainable cities. Here's what they say, one of the major developments that have occurred. And in regard to that Time magazine COVID-19 is a beta test for an alien invasion. And in regard to all of the anti-human things that we have been coerced and forced and manipulated into doing, this line is very, very disturbing from the World Economic Forum. This was just published on Wednesday. COVID-19 was the test of social responsibility. A huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contact tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. Not only is this part of the communist Marxist playbook and agenda, the idea of social responsibility. Contrary to the social contract, this is different. But it also, in regard to that Time magazine article, um, and now, now I'm thinking maybe it was, was it Newsweek or is it Time magazine? I, I apologize if it was Newsweek. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, maybe it was Newsweek. But either way, Newsweek or Time magazine, one of them had published that that the idea that the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic was a beta test for aliens, an invasion or an alien presence. And then what the World Economic Forum saying, billions of people adopted these restrictions. This is good. This is social responsibility. It has a feeling of like captive state to it a little bit. And now with this weekend, the media is like compulsively obsessed with UFOs over Ukraine and people thinking that that conflict there is um, potentially World War III, the end of the world we have, and, and then, of course, the death of the queen as well, and Prince Charles becoming king. We have a lot of biblical, a lot of revelatory, a lot of um, archetypical things that are, at least for me, leading me to believe that there is a great change occurring that is not so natural, it's unnatural, and that it has a, a force that is behind it that is perhaps not human. These are just thoughts. What they mean, you can take from them what you will. You can take from them and you, know, you can believe what you will. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. I hope that you learned something tonight. And I hope that you have a really good weekend.
And uh, I was correct about that article. I just looked it up. Time magazine. Coronavirus could preview what will happen when alien life reaches Earth. Go read that and see what you think about that. Tucson Lights, the name of tonight's show. www.thesecretteachings.info Please buy a book. Please subscribe. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Keep your eyes to the skies, as some say. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight to The Secret Teachings. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate all of you who have or will subscribe or buy a book to keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week.